we rolling? We are now rolling. Yes. Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. <laughs> me, 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 me. Okay, anytime. Hello and welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. I'm Matt Waterworth. I'm Scott Westby. And we are Full Swing Productions and every week we bring you news, tips, and interviews in the film, video, and digital media industries of Alberta. Uh, so if you're new to the podcast, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, so every week Matt and I kind of chat about what's going on in the industry and then we bring on a guest speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of have a anywhere from a 30 to 40 minute conversation with them about what's going on in their world and how their careers have developed and uh, and who they are. So we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but we, we also talk about this movie that we're making. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called In Plain View, and yep. uh, it's this kind of revenge crime thriller mm-hmm. uh, that we've got funded through the Telefilm Microbudget Program. So how's that movie going, Matt? It's going really well. I uh, I. I just last week got done uh, the second pass of it with our editor, Ken, um, who's a genius. And, and just watching the film over and over again uh, has kind of really made it clear how many people brought some amazing talent to this movie. And, and you know, I, I made a tweet that it was interesting because I, I stopped looking at it. I didn't stop, but I, 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 I did less looking at it like, oh, I'm critical of this and, and why did I do this? And... Uh, and more of like, oh, what's the audience going to think about this, and how does this play into current politics and and mm. and the current conversation? And right. so more in about what the movie was saying. Yeah, yeah. How a cut is, which was know. amazing. Like yeah. that's a crazy thing to think about that yeah. that we're putting something into, the, you know, the the cultural zeitgeist and and absolutely, it, yeah. And it it's not going to be seen by trillions of people, but it's going to. Uh, have a message and it's going to be reviewed and people are going to think about it critically at least on some level and and that's crazy that's mm-hmm. that's a really exciting thing um, we shot this movie in october um, and we've been going through the cutting process now so you've been cutting with ken filowich uh, who's the editor of heartland yeah and how has that relationship been different from actually being on set like how's that work like how was the working relationship between you two while you were in the room together yeah i really you know i it, it's it's a lot like uh, Kevin, the writer, um, because because Ken is such a creative thinker, and 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 editing can be really paint by numbers if you want it to be, but if you're thinking about it, uh, it, it can really be something truly. Um, you know, a lot of people refer to it as the third right of the film. You write it once, then you shoot it, and that's another revision, and then you edit it, and that's the third revision. So. Um, so you can do a lot with story and yeah. change a lot of uh, of of your choices, um, and you can you know change the direction of the film in many ways um, just by kind of reordering scenes or, or looking at things um, with uh, with kind of a look at the other side or you know just trying the opposite of what you maybe right. thought and, and it um, works sometimes yeah, yeah yeah and and sometimes it's magic too and cool. it, so yeah it's very exciting but. Have we talked about Berlin? I guess maybe we did mention we it. We might have mentioned it last week. Last yeah, time, so yeah. we're prepping. Uh, I'll be going to Berlin to the European film market in February for a couple of days uh, and meeting with distributors and uh, sales agents and broadcasters and other filmmakers, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I think I'll just do a little podcast while I'm there. Yeah, and, yeah. And let everyone know how it's going. That'll be sweet. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, so yeah, the and I think the broader discussion there is is that you know, Telefilm's involvement in the film and, and now Ampia's involvement in the film and CSIF's involvement in the film have all been about, not just about the film, but also about our careers and and, and progressing them forward. Right, and so, certainly. So we're not just going there for plain view, but we're also looking at other films that we'd like to make or other Absolutely. pieces of content. Yeah. And uh, so it's a ton of work to, to get ready it's, for it's that. It's so much work, yeah. Making movies is an incredible amount of work. 
Um, and if you want to follow along, you can uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter um, at uh, Plainview Movie. So twitter.com slash Plainview Movie. Uh, same with facebook.com slash Plainview Movie. So Matt, we started this movie league yes, last that's right. week. The Fantasy Movie League. If, yeah. you haven't, if you haven't heard about it, it's like fantasy sports for movie fans. Or maybe people who aren't as into the sports. Right. Uh, you put together this team of movies that you think are going to do the best at the box office. And uh, I got to say, I was pretty proud of myself because when I started, uh, my second weekend, I got the perfect lineup. So, of course, there's a perfect combination of films you can select. And I was only like one of like 15 people who got it. And I was very proud of myself. I was riding high. I was like, oh, I'll start the league. I'll open it up to everyone who listens to the podcast, including the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just beat everybody. But my plans were foiled. I won, man. <laughs> I can't. I, I just, I honestly, I kind of guessed. So it's like a fantasy football yeah, team, right? Exactly. And, uh, yeah. I, I chose movies based on how much money I had. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and so eventually it was like, oh, I can't afford this one. So I'll just buy these cheap, crappy ones. Right. And they did well at the box yeah, office this yeah. weekend. So, what did you uh, have as your as your uh, your big movie? that Because uh, I used uh, Manchester by the Sea. Because you can repeat movies. So right. you, you grab a cheap movie. And then uh, you just repeat it a few times, and then it's like, oh, I'll just build up a bunch of money. Because you get penalized $2 million if you have an empty screen on your uh, on your roster. So you don't want to do that. Right. That's Top left if you hit the, the oh, week. Week seven. Yeah. Or, oh, back week. Okay, so I, I had three I oh, had fences okay, okay. three times. You had quite a mix, which is interesting because it wasn't – fences three times is, is certainly a few times, but I'll, oftentimes it's one movie, two movie, and then the same movie over and over right. again to fill out the rest. But this, even the perfect lineup, was quite a hodgepodge of different films. Yeah, it was a bit of a mess of a weekend, for yeah. sure. Um, so if you want to play along, um, check us out at uh, facebook.com slash abfilmcast. We've posted the link to our specific group. Mm-hmm. Um, and the password to join that group is abfilm. Correct. All caps. And then yep. you can you can uh, pick your movies that you want to put in your own uh, multiplex mm-hmm. and uh, go toe-to-toe with Matt and I. <laughs> the reigning champ, Scott. The reigning Scott. champ, <laughs> <laughs> who basically just guessed. It's not... It's not terribly difficult yeah it's pretty fun and uh <laughs> and yeah so the link's on there and in the, the password is ab film and uh this weekend is a four-day weekend because of in the states martin luther king jr day oh nice uh so uh it's going to be an interesting it's it's I, i'm looking forward to getting out of award season and getting to the regular like okay this is an easy three-day yeah. weekend or, yeah 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 that's a good point actually yeah. so in a few weeks the, uh, it'll also reset into a brand new league for everybody so we'll all be equalized but for now it's fun to kind of learn the process and mm-hmm. and get into the league and then in a couple of weeks we'll all be uh at the at the zero number again mm-hmm. so uh yeah i hope to see some people joining yeah for sure um so getting into industry news um some some really sad news this past week. Um, Alan Stickle passed away. Yeah, he was a, he was a actor and filmmaker in Calgary, and yeah. uh, lost his battle with cancer. And yeah. um, terribly sad. We, we we worked with him on Cowtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a what a what a guy. Like, yeah, he was like the nicest, super dude talented. Ever. Yeah, like, so much fun to work with. So collaborative, and and yeah. it was yeah. I, I feel I feel ashamed that we didn't get to work with him more I agree, because. Yeah. Uh, very talented dude. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's too bad. I know we're we're kind of joined by the whole industry who sends condolences mm-hmm. to his family and his friends. Indeed. Um, yeah, really sad to hear. Uh, Fargo season three. <laughs> yeah, Fargo started shooting. That's very exciting. Yeah, that is very yeah. exciting. Um, it's nice that they're back. Damn, that's a great series. If you haven't seen Fargo, <laughs> I still haven't. If you haven't seen Fargo, you must. Season one and season two, like it just yeah, it's it's. I would say it's almost as good as Breaking Bad. Really? Wow. Television. Wow. 
Yeah. And Ewan McGregor's in this season. And Ewan McGregor's so. in this season playing twins. Right. So he's, he'll be, if he's not in town now, he will be soon, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I've, I'm yeah. seeing on Facebook that he, yeah. he's, he's been rolling, yeah. Sweet. Really exciting. Yeah. Um, Ampia, which is the kind of producers association of, of Alberta, is putting on an event uh, called Story Summit. They put this event on last year. Um, it's for producers and, and filmmakers to come together and just chat about um, kind of the new era of storytelling and, mm-hmm. and digital distribution and interactive and transmedia. Um, and it's a, it's a kind of a two and a half day event happening in February, uh, to February 23rd to 25th. And it happens at the Banff Center. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a great, cool event. Um, we're going to be there. Uh, and I recommend that uh, if you're into filmmaking, uh, you check it out for sure. Um, it's got a lot of stuff that I, uh, I really enjoyed and, and a lot of really refreshing insight and actual useful information, yeah, which is yeah. great. Um, this year, they've got directors and cinematographers from uh, movies like American Sniper and Sully, uh, two different people who worked on Game of Thrones, um, Sherlock, Penny Dreadful, a History of Violence, tons of great. This was so cool last year. The, yeah, it, it was this. It was the come from behind or, or or shocker surprise panel that was so much fun, which was camera operators yeah. from from some big shows. And man, did it change the way I looked at that job. And, yeah. and so, yeah, they, they really uh, hit a home run with that one. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to going again. And, Absolutely. And, for sure. um, and what they talked about a lot was interactive media and transmedia. Right. Which, which is a nice segue into our guests this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, Scott Lepp is the interactive producer uh, at Heartland. Yes. And he teamed up with Graham Wardle, who plays Ty Borden. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sent Graham to Mongolia to... Uh, to shoot all these little videos that kind of go hand in hand with his character, Ty, who's in Mongolia right. in the series. So um, cool. Very cool. Something they've never done before. And, and I don't know how many shows have done something and, and could do something like yeah. this. Um, yeah. It was just him and, and another guy and, and he'll go right into it. But it is really cool uh, that an Alberta show is being given this kind of opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some some uh, interactive budgeted money in, in Canada that you can get uh, access to if you're, uh, if you have a show like this, um, or, or a much smaller show as well, but Heartland seems to be really, um, on the cutting edge, which is great for our province. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and and I, I think I wouldn't expect it with a show of a genre like Heartland, right? but the fact that they're so, yeah, cutting edge and interactive is, is fantastic. Um, And I think the fans love it. Mm -hmm. And they're so far into it now that it's like, yeah, we've done a web component. We've done an online magazine and we've got a... We've got to do something really something, different. Yeah, now super different. Yeah. Um, Ten seasons in, you got to yeah. come up with something uh, interesting. Interesting. So it sounds like they made some really cool content um, that they're that they are sharing and will be sharing some more. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of how they did it and why. Um, and an awesome conversation with uh, Scott Lepp and Graham Wardle. Yeah, and if you're new to the show, uh, stick around after the conversation. We're going to talk about some deadlines and some important pieces of information for filmmakers in Alberta. And thanks for joining us. There's a puking story that we I think we should just start with yeah, right sure. off the bat. Yeah. Go. So uh, <laughs> climbing uh, the tallest sand dune in Mongolia in the Gobi Desert, and it's 5 a.m. It's pitch black. I got one headlamp. Uh, we had one headlamp. My producer friend and I, Peter Harvey, are climbing this sand dune. And you get the headlamp and he doesn't? I got the headlamp. <laughs> well, he had it at first because he was leading. <laughs> and then he got tired. So uh, I was like, okay, well, let's, let's switch off. We had both taken off our shoes now because there's full of sand. And it's black, and we're kind of we kind of know it's that way, but not really, right? You know, uh, we checked it out the day before, and we'd seen people climbing it, so we wanted to go up there uh, in before the sunrise to get some sunrise right, footage. Right, oh, okay, right. gotcha. So, uh, so we're climbing up, anyways. We switch places. I got the headlamp now. I'm leading up the hill. 
or the sand dune and uh i'm, I'm going up there and i'm getting in the zone because it's physically exhausting you're falling as you're yes, trying yeah, to climb yeah, yeah, and yeah, i'm yeah. on all fours and we're carrying Ugh. gear and and um and i go i I haven't talked to Peter in a while. Like, I wonder if he's okay. And I turn around and I can't see him because the headlamp only goes like, you know, 10 right. Right. feet. Sure. Sure. He's not there. Right. So I yell out. I'm like, Peter! Waiting. He yells back, Hey, are you okay? I just puked. <laughs> <laughs> and then so my- I, yeah, I yell back. I'm like, well, are you okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, keep going. I was like, well, do I keep going? Like, is, yeah, is he yeah, just yeah. saying that, yeah. you know? And I never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so I had this moment of like, I don't, I, I, if I leave him there and then I get to the top and then I'm waiting at the top and then I have to come back down and then maybe he's really sick or I don't know. And our guides fell asleep in the truck back way down at the, the bottom. So they couldn't see. Right. So anyways, uh, I had this intuition that he would be okay. So I okay, I'm going to keep going. So I kept going. Uh, the sun started to just come up a bit so the we had a bit of light coming through before it peaked and uh, came over the, the horizon there and so I saw him and then I got to the top and he got to the top and we got some great footage and it was a great time and you know obviously triumphant at the top of the yeah thing. of course yeah. sand dune but, he would uh, puke on his chin yeah, yeah. <laughs> why did he throw up just from the, the well he ate a protein or? bar oh. on the way there in the morning he's like I'm gonna need something <laughs> so oh, he no. ate this crappy protein bar mm. and he said it was just sitting so heavy that he had to come up. It had to have <laughs> come up. Gross. So let's reverse engineer that. Yeah. Uh, why? Why were you in Mongolia? So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a long story. But um, so I'm uh, an actor on uh, on Heartland on CBC. My right. name's Graham, right. and uh, I play a character named Ty Borden. And this year on the show, uh, he goes away on a trip uh, to Mongolia to help out um, with the Veterinarians Without Borders organization. Uh, to help save the Gobi Bears. Mm. Um, so that was the storyline. And um, through the process of the the, the season, I uh, had this crazy idea of what if I actually went there? What if uh, some of the, the footage that was in the part of the show and uh, was actually Mongolia in the background? Yeah, and, yeah. And I was actually there. So uh, Scott and I and, and Jamie and Heather and um, uh, the writing team, everybody kind of came together um, on the Heartland crew there and, and, and pulled together the this idea and is it possible can we actually do this and um so we did and and uh, to extend the the world of the show beyond uh just taking place in uh in alberta now it also takes place in mongolia that's awesome so how how in depth is this footage is it like just i because when i heard the idea i thought it was just like like oh it's selfie like videos yeah yeah but- so so the uh we double drum heller uh, okay. As Mongolia, okay, so okay. the actual production goes to Drumheller okay, to cool. make it. Look so there like is Mongolia. footage set in there that set in Mongolia that that's taken with the Heartland crew. Yes, right. but it's in Drumheller. Gotcha. Right. right. Yeah. And then the footage I took in Mongolia, um, majority of it is for the Skype calls that the character gives to his wife back at. Yeah, home. like um, he's sending videos to his family back home. Right. So gotcha. updates and right. various things, but he also shot. Skype calls that go in the episodes oh, on cool. CBC. That's awesome. And some establishers and yeah. you know other things that they could use within That's the awesome. episodes when we're at, when we actually go, you know, quote unquote to Mongolia. So to shoot it like on a webcam or on an iPhone is like acceptable, like for quality, and it just to be doing it yourself actually makes it fit. Yes, in that world. Yes, awesome. Yes. Um, and so, how did this come about, Scott? How did it, how did it? Well, yeah, it. Um, we're always looking for something fresh. Right. 
And the fresh storyline was to send Ty somewhere else this year. Right. And Heather Conkey came up with that idea, our head writer. Right. And then from there, I instantly jumped all over that. As soon as I heard about that as the digital media producer, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what an opportunity to expand our whole world for our viewers. And we're very lucky to have an audience that craves content. So we right. can put out, yeah. you know, almost anything we want. But, yeah. But what we have found is we have almost exhausted the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, I've shown Everyone's them everything. Seen, yeah, there's only certain <laughs> right. times you can look yeah. at, yeah. you know, the set. Exactly. And, yeah. exactly. We've yeah. given them tours and all that stuff. Right, right. And, and we've heard Graham and the actors talk and talk and talk. And so this was an opportunity to create story content right. outside the episode. And anytime we can connect the story to it, yeah. it just makes it a little bit more valuable. For sure. And so we just saw an opportunity. And so from there, it just kind of snowballed and it got bigger and bigger. And then when Graham came and said, yeah, you know, I could maybe go to Mongolia, <laughs> then it was just, you know, light bulbs going off right. and ideas like crazy. And when was it, was it like pre-written content or did you just kind of come up with stuff on the fly? Yeah, there was a lot of uh, the writers that come up with um, content for the website, obviously conf- content for the Skype calls um, that would be in the episodes right. that weren't even written yet. So a lot of the stuff that they were writing was you know well we haven't even written this episode yet but we think this is what's going to happen and we should you know so um that was a challenge you know for the writing team to kind of jump ahead right yeah yeah. stuff before we were even there yet right um but yeah it was all all given to me in a nice i printed out put a little binder take with me to (laughs) to make sure we checked it all off nice um and then you know some bonus stuff to uh you know climbing the the sand dunes there in the gobi desert wasn't on the list Hmm. but you're there. You have that yeah. opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not do that. Yeah. For sure. So um, that's cool. Yeah. And even on top of that, you know, you told that great story about uh, to me the other day about the coincidence where you did have the scripted content, but it just happened to be that you were in the right spot at the right time. We had so many right. incidences where, uh, you know, there was a scripted content where I'm talking about a farmer and, you know, treating his herd. And, uh, I was trying to get it and, and, and it just wasn't working too well. And I just was like, you know what, I'm going to take a break. I'm gonna try again tomorrow. Uh, you know, we had the flexibility to kind of move things around a right. bit. Um, and I tried again the next day and, uh, I had, I was like, Oh, look at all these goat and sheep right here. This is perfect. So I set up, I start doing this little video log for the website and in the scripted dialogue, there, I'm talking about the herder who owns the, right. the goat and sheep and yeah. how he's been so nice to us and, and the, the relationship that we have. And as I'm filming this, I don't even see him, but he's walking in the oh background. Oh my God, amazing. And in the dialogue, I say like, oh, you know, I can't remember the guy's name, but I turn and say, you know, the herder. And he's right there. <laughs> and I'm like, that's amazing. And I turn back and I'm like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just play cool. Wow, yes, awesome. totally, yeah. right? But it was, we had so many of these little happy accidents. One of those magic moments. Magic yeah. moments yeah. that you're just like, okay, do your best and just let it go because right. if it's not working, just relax a bit. Don't try and force it. Um, and that was a big lesson for me on that trip because there were so many variables. There were so many things you're trying to juggle to make work. Um, and a lot of things did work when I just let go. And it was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to do my best. But if it doesn't work, try something else. Right. Let it go a day, you know, relax a bit. Yeah. So I guess the piece that I'm not quite fully there yet is is how is it a digital component if, it, if it's – like what's the digital part like obviously there's there's footage that's being used in the in the show itself uh, is it like a like a just a continuous vlog that from from ty's perspective is that yeah that's exactly okay, it. cool so there's a website called borden without borders ah, okay, okay and ty created it right right at least that's how we play it sure and we update it 
several times a week and wow. we fill it with uh, video blogs, mm-hmm. uh, photo galleries and photo blogs. And um, the most recent one I just completed is Ty sending a message back home to everybody about something that happened in the last episode that aired. Sweet. Uh, so it is an entire side story that lives on this website. Wow. And then in our next two episodes, we're going to Mongolia and it's going to be right a part of the heartland world. Okay. Okay. And then we leave it again. And then, you know, our characters are looking at the website in the body of episodes. And sweet. So we created all this stuff way ahead. That's amazing. Um, just to really tie it all together. Cool. Yeah. So how, how does this, we were talking a little bit before recording about how, how did it come together from like the CBC perspective? How do they, how do they give you the money for this? How does it, how does it work? Yeah. So we had this idea before we even knew if we could afford it or do it or anything. And I had a meeting with CBC last year and we sat down and we talked about this. Uh, Heather had laid out this great story with an amazing opportunity. And I said, this is what I can do. We just need a little bit of help. And, uh, you know, they're, they've just been so fantastic with us in pushing our digital, um, efforts as far as possible. Right. And we got them, we got a digital incentive from the broadcaster to pursue this and many other portions you know our digital world on heartland mm-hmm. expands a lot further than just this but yeah yeah i think it was you know mostly for this project um and then from there you know um everybody was on board and then it was just a matter of finding the right story to tell and how to tell it cool that answers your question yeah yeah totally i, I mean heartland's always been a, a, a kind of on the cutting edge of, of digital media i remember when i was working at 724 we created a website called iloveheartland.com which was like a social media site just for heartland fans and i mean like i don't know i, I don't know if anybody's doing that there's like digital magazines and stuff mm-hmm. and and yeah throughout the throughout the years there's been a ton of really cool things is the is the second screen experience still happening is that a no but that was kind of what started all yeah of this, yeah okay you know going further was the app that was created for season seven that was part of this digital media incentive for just that year unfortunately um we have managed to find some ways to keep that app alive but it doesn't live in the second screen format that it was originally planned it lives as kind of like an aggregator of our social content right right. mostly cool it's just sitting there waiting for us to do something right right (laughs) but you know we'll see it is it is a unique position uh that there is a fan base that like you say is just craves content it's very cool um so again reverse engineering a little bit more maybe the audience doesn't necessarily know all that much about heartland what what is heartland how did how did it come to be the show. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's based on a series of books mm-hmm. um, by Lauren Brooke. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I think is a, like a, a group of writers, isn't it? I think it's a pen name of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a group though. I think it's one person. It's one person. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, yeah. So it's based on a series of books. Obviously it's gone it's quite right. different direction yeah. from them, but um, yeah. And we're in our 10th season. So uh, 10 or plus years ago, Michael Weinberg, I think, uh, came into the rights of this uh, these books and decided he wanted to make a show and so he pitched it and um, he's actually writing I think a book about this um, that he hasn't put out yet but um, about this process because he used to be an investment banker oh really <laughs> 
and he decided that he didn't want to do that anymore and he wanted to do television so yeah. yeah of course i remember when i was interning at at 724 i was putting together like resumes of like the directors and like just pulling imdb down and uh, and then i get to michael's uh imdb page and i'm like this is the only thing he has on <laughs> first thing yeah and he's and he did it um yeah he nailed it yeah he's a very interesting guy but yeah he's um he's the one who who started this whole ball rolling and um it's a family show. It takes place on a ranch, on, on the Heartland Ranch, and uh, revolves around Amy, uh, who's a lead character, Amy Fleming, whose mother dies in the, in the pilot episode, and she has a gift of working with horses and animals and connecting with them and, and figuring out uh, you know behavioral issues or, or, or trauma that's happened to them. And a lot of the times it's to do with the owners of the horse, so she's kind of like the horse whisperer. Mm-hmm. Um, she has the, the nickname in the show, The Miracle Girl. Um, so it's it's a family show about revolves around uh, her and her life and um, life on a farm. Right. Um, and my character is plays her love interest. Um, so it's about growing up. It's about uh, life, family, uh, animals, uh, human beings, and their connection to animals. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's very popular. It's been it's quite popular it's indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's only been getting more popular. The, I remember reading a quote from Jordy about the the fact that they've really bucked the trend of shows losing viewership as, yeah. as it's been Netflix. Heartlands has actually gone up, which is amazing. It, season nine was our best season. Yeah. Highest rated season ever, ever, which is kind yeah. of unheard of for yeah. the ninth season. The ninth, of anything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. the Simpsons. Grows, but, yeah. yeah. Plateaus and maybe drops a little yeah, bit yeah, and yeah. levels off. Right. So, but that's, you know, I like to, that's kind of the Canadian TV landscape mm-hmm. in that um, it's harder to find for whatever reason. People just don't know about it. And so we right. continually, every time we go somewhere, we were just in Ottawa, Graham and I, and uh, met this 11-year-old girl, and she told us how much she loved the show, and she just had never heard about it until last year. <laughs> wow. So why is is that why you think it's growing or Netflix? I was going to say, is it Netflix? Netflix? Yeah, because now you can yeah. get on Netflix, binge right. watch the whole thing, catch yeah. up, and now you can watch the latest episodes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You couldn't do that before. You had yeah, to go yeah, yeah, buy yeah. the the, yeah. the series. You that's, know, that's actually exactly what happened with my mom. She she never watched the show. I worked on it for five years, and she <laughs> never watched it. And then I I leave, and it goes to Netflix. And now she's into it. That's yeah. how she got started. She watched it all on Netflix. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's uh, that's an interesting effect that I don't think anybody expected. I think I no, it meant court cable so. cutting, but it actually meant more mm-hmm. viewership. It's interesting. It is interesting, and I think it's maybe one of the reasons why nine nine seasons, ten seasons now in, you're seeing that surge is because maybe people haven't been watching it for ten years, right? Like they've only been watching it for a couple months, and they binged in nine seasons, yeah, right? Yeah. And they're like you, you get sucked into a show when you when there's nine seasons worth of content. Yeah, and it's interesting right. when your yeah. when your core audience is young people who are constantly changing their viewing habits, right? Like, and, and there's no way to know how that's going to play out five years ahead. Or, or mm-hmm. yeah, so that's cool. Um, I, another interesting fact is that it's Canada's longest uh, one hour drama, drama longest running one hour drama ever, mm-hmm. which is amazing. How many episodes is it now? It'll be 175 oh my at the God. end of this wow. year, uh, I believe. Right around Ish. 175. Wow. Yeah. Plus a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. So so Scott, you're the the digital media producer. Yeah. How long have you been doing that for these guys? Yeah. So I started that in season seven when we started that second right. screen app. And what, I took this over. Did yeah. you take that position from somebody or were you no. the first in it? Yeah, I was the first one right. um, on our show. It is not a typical job for a television series for the production side it's a broadcaster job Mm. right um somebody who 
who takes care of social media and stuff like that at a broadcaster mm-hmm. would typically get this sort of a job. But for us, it was a way to branch myself out and keep me productive after we got a new producer who didn't really need an assistant anymore. And he, he just kept pushing me and pushing me. And I just said, well, you know, let's move me into this area. And they liked that idea and they've pushed me since. Mm-hmm. So now uh, I have met multiple other people, including I'm, I'm Peter Harvey, who went with Graham to Mongolia, is a digital producer on a, a many, well, Letter Kenny at the very oh, least, wow, cool. uh, for Crave. Nice. And it's become a job that uh, that is happening. And I think it's an integral part of production. And I'm sure you guys would know with the production of your film, uh, whether you did it yourselves or whatever, but you definitely had a digital producer working on yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was Scott. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was me, yeah. Yeah. So, so where were you at? I mean 3 years ago what happened that you were the one for that role? Like where like what's well, just briefly what what is your background enough to position you for that? Well, the reason I got it is cuz I was a huge pain in their butt. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that is the reason. That's the secret like right? yeah, the squeaky yeah. wheel, right? It was yeah. like, "Oh my god, we got to get this guy something to do. He won't leave us alone." <laughs> but uh, I I was I grew up in or I I went to school for broadcast journalism, and that was kind of where I I learned how much I liked to tell stories. Right. And so um, I made a documentary in my final project that kind of branched away from news and journalism and into human interest. And I caught the bug. I I got a nomination for uh, my first Alberta film and for my first Rosie. Yeah, congrats. uh, As a student, which was like, I I just didn't even know that that stuff existed. And I totally caught the bug and went from there. Uh, And so this job, it's it's funny how it, it translates from journalism and right. short news packages yeah, 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 yeah. And, and stuff like that. Um, it's just a different way to tell a story and it just, uh, yeah, it just kind of fit right exactly what I was looking for. And now I've, I've just tried to add more and more to the stable yeah. every year. So. so what was the early landscape like for you as far as um, fighting uphill battles and trying to break the mold and do something new? Like what was the resistance like? How, like has it gotten easier? Has it gotten harder? It's gotten way easier. Right. Uh, The biggest resistance was that nobody knew what it was for. Right. And everybody's like, Oh, is this for the Facebook or something like that? (laughs) You know? And (laughs) thankfully uh, with, we've had an amazing supporting cast, which is our cast because right from the get go, Graham and Amber and others have been incredibly supportive and always give us their time. And then, that makes in turn everybody just kind of comes around eventually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, there's kind of the integral buy-in is from yeah from exactly. Those guys. And yeah. so once they're on board and like, yeah, this is cool. We like it. You know, maybe you can do this, and it grows. And then the crew comes around, mm-hmm. and last but not least, the producers come around. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, yeah. even the most you know a lot of a lot of the writers or producers are often old school and been doing it for yeah, a long time. Course, but like yeah. I mentioned before, Heather Conkey is one of the biggest reasons that this Mongolia project even happened because it, she already had it in her brain before I even got a hold of it and, mm-hmm. and tried to push it further. So um, the biggest thing was the resistance from people wondering about whether or not it was worth it. Right. But then when we started hitting the millions of views on some of the things that we do, Whoa. Uh, then it then it got real in a hurry and and you know we're gonna go likely we're projecting to hit over 10 million digital views this year 
Last year was 4.2. The year before that was 1.8. And <laughs> so things are just now mm-hmm. it's it's real and, and the effect is there. That's so awesome. People understand now. I'm so jealous of that job. Uh, like when I was working for Tom and Jordy, I, I was the asshole who had to take heartland clips down off of youtube who were that were like illegal like full episodes were getting uploaded and i was the one yeah. who, wow i have to be the jerk who <laughs> no internet no bad internet yeah. Yeah. yeah so why why the early buy-in from you then graham like what, what what about it was interesting at the point where scott comes up with a camera and he's like hey you want to chat about this like as an actor, it's weird, right? Because you kind of have to be a little bit cautious sometimes about what you're saying and 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 who your audience is and how it's being delivered, right? Totally. So, um, yeah, you mean in terms of general with yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, everything that Scott does, yeah. yeah. I, um, well, I went to film school myself for writing and producing and directing, so I've always had a, an interest in creating fun stuff yeah. and stories. And and Scott's a good guy, and and I've always trusted him. And and when he comes up with an idea, I'm like, okay. Um, so to me, it was just. Uh, uh, the playful sense to it. There yeah. Was like, there was like an openness to it. Right. It wasn't like, I want you to stand here, Graham, and say it like say this. Say this, yeah. You know, like, I'd be like, okay, weirdo, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think it was always very like, I'm thinking about this, like, you know, when you have time, like, you know, Scott's very accommodating and, and always open to suggestions and trying things and, and finding something that works. And so um, I find that that's where you get the best content or stories mm-hmm. in any ways yeah. when you're yeah. open to ideas right Certainly. improv that's open sure yeah. yes right yeah. right so um that's always been at the base it you know, base for me and then always you know trying new stuff I'm, I'm a big geek when it comes to new technology periscope comes out i'm like oh what's periscope yeah. oh, i want to try periscope yeah um so you know I, i'm always on board for that stuff and, and in mongolia uh, we actually got a little samsung gear 360 camera nice. some 360 video out awesome. there and nice. it, you know we had to get it ordered to los angeles and then shipped up because we couldn't get it you know to canada yet because right. they hadn't released it um so you know i'm always uh, interested in that sort of what's next and how is this looking and what is it what, what could the impact be um so anytime scott comes to me with an idea i'm like well, okay cool so how do we do that yeah, yeah. Good. sweet so every year is about pushing the envelope and trying something new and different um, and then this mongolia thing comes up um Heather Conkey, of course, was on board early, sounds like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How and it wasn't a hard sell, you don't think? Or like how much work did you have to do to get this thing going? And like what like what kind of stuff did you do? So the concept itself was not difficult to get moving. Right. What gets difficult is when story gets involved. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. Yeah. And who writes the that board and without borders? Yeah, what, like, it's <laughs> like it okay, I I'll try to find the best way to articulate this. <laughs> but we did have a, a several meetings where we're all sitting there and I'm just like, trust me, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, because, this is transmedia, right? Yes. In its purest form. And, yes. and people are still like, what is that? And so it's, this biggest, is a great example of it. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. The biggest thing is, when would Ty be doing this? <laughs> you yeah. know, something like that. Why is Ty doing this? <laughs> what is his motivation? Because... As, t- as Graham would know, even in his preparation is finding motivation and stuff like that is big in how they do their job. Of course, yeah. And it's really big in how a writer does their job. So why is he doing this? When is he doing this? When is it happening within the timeline of Heartland? And so I just kind of, we play with that big time, the timeline and when it actually happens. And and then I just have to remind them that the body of our episodes, there we're only seeing less than 5% of you know that's even a lot of what that character is actually up to and right. what where they are in that world the fact of the matter is is that there is um, a 
a huge amount of space and time that exists when we're not watching them. And that's when they're doing this. Right. And that, that was the biggest sell was to let to, yes, it's okay that Ty is at the Gobi desert sand dune taking a photo at sunset. It's okay. Right. I know we're not doing yeah. it in our episodes, but that's even Ty better. Can go yeah. There. Yeah. 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 Ty went there on a yeah. day off or, you know, when they were working on a herd nearby or whatever. Yeah. And, and so that was the biggest sell, but she always comes around and, mm-hmm. and always adds, she always yeah. adds yeah. to it. So right. it works so out. What did this look like logistically? How did this happen? We had, uh, got a few quotes from some different fixers, some different guides in Mongolia. Um, and, uh, Peter Harvey put together rough budget outline of what it would cost. And then we kind of worked on that and, and talked about the logistics of it. Um, and a great coincidence as well, we had shot um, in Drumheller uh, before this whole thing actually got the green light. And one of the actors playing a Mongolian um, a guy, what, uh, his name is Bata. What, what, what was his character? He was like a, a villager that was trying to get, he was trying to get the money for, there was like a ransom out there. Oh, okay. Um, so anyways... Um, he is from Mongolia and he goes back there all the time. Oh, so nice. I'm talking to him about going to Mongolia and he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to be there next month. Oh my God. <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's like, oh yeah, well I have businesses out there. I'm like, take he, me. Yeah. <laughs> literally is what yeah. I said. I was yeah, like, yes. And he's like, come to my house. Yeah. Oh my God. And he lives awesome. in this beautiful yeah. house and we sit down and we chat about it and he says, I bring my little um, Lonely Planet Mongolia yeah. and I'm like, okay. And he's like, oh yeah. And he's kind of flips it. All that's garbage. He says, don't go there. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, this is gold. Yeah. Right? You need somebody yeah. that's been there. Yeah, right. So yeah. he was a big part of it for me of like understanding what I should see, what I shouldn't see, what, you know, so putting together some sort of like an itinerary or some sort of ideas of what I wanted to cover and then talk about it with Scott, talk about it with um, the producers and, and just say, what can we do in this time frame? And, um, and then talking to the guides and saying like, can we do this? Is it possible? Um, so, you know, uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I ahead. just, the interesting thing with the planning of this is how the worlds collided between how production does it and how a producer that just needs to get it done does it. Mm. So we actually had our production coordinator assemble a whole itinerary with like a travel agent <laughs> right. where it was like, yeah, you know, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. which would have been amazing, right? <laughs> sure. Like yeah. it was this amazing tour. But literally, it was like a sightseeing tour that you would take with your fanny right. pack and your glasses, yeah, right, and right, you would right. have an amazing time. But we needed more. We needed to get in depth, right? And uh, and that was where Peter came in, and he contact contacted these fixers. You know, I love this. Yeah, this yeah. is yeah. These fixers, yeah. and he set all this up and budgeted it out. And so, wow. And and then you know, Jamie Paul Rock, our producer, was like, "This is a little bit outside of our comfort zone. This is not how we typically do yeah. it." But um, we had to had to place a little bit of trust in this, and so it, it was a little out, out. It was outside of our comfort zone, and we ended up going ahead with these fixtures. That That's these season guys ten. Up. You got to go outside your comfort yeah. zone. Sure. <laughs> you got to sure. do some new things. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was a kind of an interesting um, clash. Yeah. Of the way right. the way things are done, it's not always done like that in digital, but just the difference in the in yeah. uh, how it can be done versus the way we do things so structured in production. Right. And I think I think both make sense for both scenarios, right? Like you need structure in production. There's just so many moving parts. But when it's just kind of two people with some cameras, it's like you can kind of be, like you said, your schedule can be loose. And They would have never gotten the stuff that they got. Right. Not well, that's that just it too, right? Yeah. yeah. It kind of needs to yeah. be real. 
it, yeah, it totally. Right? And, yeah. and yeah. there was so many flexibility, so much flexibility in the way we designed it that like we pull into a gas station and the guy, our, our driver is talking to some uh, random person in this tiny, tiny little town. Um, and he tells them, our driver, that there's going to be in the dam, which is like a, a Mongolian games, like the Super Bowl of cool. Mongolia. Oh. And it's going to be in the Gobi Desert where we're going to be tomorrow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You have to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to go. <laughs> so we're going to go. Yeah, that's awesome. So stuff like that, that was just kind of like, you know, okay, go with it. Go. Right. Let's bring the yeah, cameras. Yeah, go. Yeah. And we had a script that, or a little, a section that they had written for uh, one of the videos that goes on the, on the Born Without Borders website um, about um, the Nadam and what it's like and the horse races and, and all this stuff. So the things that, again, this happy accident that I'm talking about that the writers had researched and gone, you know, the, the young horse riders, um, they sing songs to their horses, so they perform well and stuff. Oh, wow. I got footage of this. Yeah. Wow. I, it was yeah, there. Yeah. I got the footage. That's awesome. It was before just going to be talked about. Right. And we ran into this. Yeah. So the flexibility really helped. These fixers really helped cool. us be able to adjust to those things right. that were there and take advantage of those to bring them into the, the world of Heartland. And I think the fact that it, that it feels so genuine and real is going to, I think this, will probably be like a case study for a lot of transmedia projects going forward. Like yeah. just why, why that worked. And I think that's going to have a big impact on it. How much oversight was there while you were there? Like, were you like, Hey, this thing's going on. Can we go like, like call or just like, just do it. We, yeah. we checked in with Scott when we had yeah, cell okay. reception. We'd yeah. say, yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. You know, everything's fine. Um, yeah. But I mean, in the Gobi desert, we didn't have any reception. Yeah. So we didn't send in. I don't think we sent any. Yeah. We didn't send nope. anything. Yeah. Pretty much those couple of days you guys yeah. were off the grid blackout. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Um, no, there was, I mean, there was, there was obviously a structure within what we were going to get tasked, you to know, go tasked get. To get. Yeah. and there yeah. was also the, you know, there was a, a backup plan in the sense that if, if for some reason nothing worked, it wouldn't be the end of the world. You know, it was like, we could have shot a lot of those Skype calls. Yeah in Drumheller sure. or on, you know, backdrop somewhere, which would have been fine, but it would, you know, it would have been really unfortunate to go all the yeah. way there and nothing work. Yeah. But, um, in that sense, there was some freedom to say, get as much as you can. Right. Nice. Um, How long were you there for? Uh, 12. Days. Oh, wow. It's a good long time. It was, yeah, it was yeah. perfect balance. Yeah. You know, it, um, it would have been obviously nice to stay a bit longer, yeah. but then at the same time, I'm like, you know, it, it's, that's a lot of time and, yeah. and, yeah. Um, it worked out for what we had, you know, to shoot, to get done. Yeah. And it, it, I didn't realize that horses were such a big deal there, or maybe just at that event, but what a perfect thing for Heartland. That, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I think that's one of the reasons why the writers chose, chose Mongolia. Mongolia. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. history with wild, isn't it like the wild horse capital of the world oh. or something like that? Hmm. The only breed of wild horse that has never been domesticated, this is what I learned oh, really? in Mongolia. Uh, called the the tacky horse or the Prezavaski horse, uh, which is the more scientific name. Uh, it lives in Mongolia, huh. and so we got to see them when wow. we went out to Hustai National Park. And you just drive along the road, and and you look, keep your eyes open. There they are, right yeah. there. Wow! Get out of your car, run down the hill, take out your binoculars, and and you can see them. There's Very wild cool. horse. That's awesome. The only undomesticated breed yeah. in the world. Wow. Uh, is Heartland big in Mongolia? <laughs> <laughs> Yet? That's a great well, question. Yeah, I don't know. But I actually don't know. It should I, it be. It wouldn't surprise me if it has been licensed there. Yeah. Because we've been licensed in 120 countries. Yeah. Yeah. Mongolia is probably one of them. Yeah. I would imagine. And almost anything that has Netflix. And, I, yeah. and I'm told that Netflix is just in like maybe not North Korea and yeah. Yeah. one other place. <laughs> yeah. So I have to imagine, I can't imagine it's big there, but uh, 
It'd be great. It'd be great to see if, if it would be kind of cool. Spikes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will definitely look into that now. <laughs> it feels like it feels like it opens it up to a new audience, right? If yeah. And if they're as passionate about horses in Mongolia as I do, know we're big in Egypt. Right? Oh, oh wow, really? So, yeah. huh. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it has nothing to do with this, but you know, yeah. So maybe it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so, how does one properly consume this experience if you're on the audience end of it? Is it is it just visiting the website and watching the show combined, or is there is there more to it? Yeah, so you will, if you are on any of our social channels, we're going to direct you there. So the proper way to do it is just to watch the episodes and be curious. Mm-hmm. That's it, and that's what drives everybody to our stuff, anyways. Right, right. Um, they typically stumble onto it. It's kind of the way you do things now, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I like this. Or you I wonder if it's online. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, of course, the sharing aspect helps, but. We definitely, we have established this social media following of almost half a million people that we can use to point people wherever we want them to go. And so that's how, the best way to do it is to watch the episodes and then just pay attention in between. And we're going to feed you stuff and we're going to say, go to Instagram and because Georgie's character page is going to show you something about Ty in Mongolia. Ah, And then the next day it's going to be, well, here's Ty, here's what Ty and Bob have been up to in Mongolia with a photo. And then later on in the week, there's a video blog and breadcrumb trail of really that's it. And in the middle of it is our, our blog blog that the, that our show does, um, that will point out all the little things that we're Easter eggs getting up to yeah. as well. It's like so, a treasure hunt online, mm-hmm. right? Like a yeah. scavenger hunt. Or... Yeah, and it's funny because once you get into it, you can open up so many doors. Yeah. But we've we've really tried to keep it fairly contained. This is the biggest thing we've ever done. Right. And it ties to all of our platforms. But um, we're, we're really trying to keep everything fairly contained now. Well, it can so easily get out of hand. Yeah. Right? Especially on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Which is a big place. The mm-hmm. biggest thing we... Yeah. The other biggest thing we did this year was open the YouTube channel. That's the only other new thing. Mm. So... Um, so are you the puppet master of all this stuff? Well, I'm part of the team that does yeah. it. So, is it like... So So when you're like, um, you know, Ty posts this and then there, this is on this page. Who's like... Who's, who's yes, got is, the game that plan is, here? That's yes, you putting that, that all me. together. Yeah. Uh, in conjunction with Graham right. and with Heather and with Pamela Pinch, who's one of our writers. Um, and what about Gord on the Gordon social media? is our publicist and Policy, yeah. he handles a lot of online stuff as well. Yeah. But um, no, this is, this is kind of, this is my baby. Right. Yeah, so um, yeah, every day, every Monday, usually I get into work and I open up my board and without borders stuff. And I just, try to figure out where we're going next yeah sweet and there's so much content <laughs> like yeah. 12 literally <laughs> 12 guys. days of the footage i bet yeah, yeah. there's over a thousand videos oh alone. my god wow okay so that's <laughs> um there's a lot to comb through right. we have so much stuff after cool. you know provided we get enough time we're gonna probably do a little behind the scenes documentary that mm. we can release on our youtube channel mm. Uh, for people to find and and watch there, or like on the DVDs, perhaps. Right. Something yeah, I was like gonna that. say, is that where is that where it can all kind of live in the end? Is it like a special feature? It for sure something like that yeah, could. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to package it after. Yeah, after exactly. It's done, That's the know? challenge, right? Yeah. Um, and given that, well, Graham and I were talking about perhaps deconstructing it and redoing it mm. for the American broadcast. Oh, interesting. You know, huh? Um, That's a good idea. Yeah. Which would be because it, it would be really awesome if everybody got to enjoy how it was meant to be yeah, live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. So, um, so our audience is is a bunch of filmmakers, and and it's integral to have a, a digital component in your in your film or piece of media. Um, what is the kind of the number one one thing that you've learned that that you would impart on the audience when if they're trying to add that element to their production? So the first thing to keep in mind is that Heartland is very unique yes. in that we had the built-in audience for sure. So it was easier for for us to find things to do right. because people liked it and we could ask them right what should we do what right. do you want what do you want to see so it wouldn't say you know if you're making a movie you know doing a huge project like this but um for a filmmaker it's just about making it accessible mm. and getting it out there to try and bring more eyeballs especially for the things that that we're all doing with these indie small projects um little videos little uh photos from set getting the actors involved especially because usually that's what people care about mm. is who's in it and uh will they talk yeah. to me will they interact with right me? right uh that that's kind of why i like live stream i really really love that for small productions is that it's really easy to do and the way a platform like facebook lays out their content right now they're pushing live streams harder than everything else so right. their algorithm is going to put that into your news feed more than it's going to put mm, yeah. just a random photo from yeah. set oh yeah, same with videos videos well. they, they push video hugely they yeah. push that out so yeah. what i would do and what i will do when we shoot our movie in the spring is i am going to have somebody that's job is dedicated to documenting as much of the process as possible and coming, asking the actors questions every day and then putting it out, putting something new out there every day. That's about all you can do, right? Mm. And it's inexpensive to do that. Yeah. And the yeah. producer can do it, right? He sure can. Or so, she. <laughs> as you would know. Yeah. 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 I, I would also say uh, that in terms of creative component, component thinking um, from a young filmmaker or someone who's just getting started is expanding the experience that they're trying to create. So whether mm. it be through your film right. or your, whatever, whatever it is you're making, Absolutely. expand that experience into the realm of a website or a video or think about a creative way you can take that experience, shrink it or, or put it into a small bite-sized chunk right. and you can deliver that to people. That would be what I would say is really a way of putting something online to expand or to help support your project is to take that experience that you're trying to deliver for to people and put it into a bite-sized thing for people to consume online. And I think the trick, and this is why this, this Mongolia project is so amazing, is the trick is to not just repackage what you're already doing yes. and put it online in yes. some way, right? Where it's like, trailers are great, but if, if you do like like a, a different cut of the trailer, and you're like, here's new content, or you, know, you pull a scene, or it's like, here's these characters reading this I don't know, but just to have something that's part of this world, the story world that you've created, but not anything that you can catch. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes, and, and to do it separate per platform too. So yes. Facebook's got its own content. Twitter's mm -hmm. got its own mm -hmm. content instead of just cross posting everything, right? Yeah. Which is, it takes a lot of goddamn work. Yeah, it yeah, is. It is. Right? I think sure that's yeah. what people don't realize. Yeah, it does yeah. take a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, a 10 minute interview with Graham for Heartland gets me, you know, at least 10 pieces of content. Right. right, right. So you can generate a lot of things in not so much time, but it, yeah. it does take a lot of work yeah. and effort to keep it up and to keep posting it. And and it takes an um, understanding of these platforms yeah, too, absolutely. right? And how people consume something differently on Twitter than they will on Facebook uh, or Instagram, and also keeping up with the platforms. Like, are you Snapchatting at all? 
Is Snapchat a thing? Because that's I don't understand that still. But I know the, the kids are Snapchat. We are not. But um, Alicia Newton is a 15 year old girl on our show, and she plays Georgie, and she's very active on Snapchat. She's Snapchat, nice. so someone yes. is anyway. Yeah. She is, yeah. but it's not always like it's a it's her personal Snapchat. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, if Heartland ever did it, we'd probably just let her run it. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know. Yeah. As Georgie? Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. yeah, CBC would love us to do that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, it, it is surprisingly hard to do character uh, stuff because you, then you can't show the camera. Right. And you can't show the crew. Right. And everything right. has to be within the world. And you're beholden you to the character. Bible. and Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the things that I found uh, challenging with this virtual reality or more so 360 camera mm-hmm. that we brought was originally I pitched it to Heather, uh, the showrunner, as like it's an extension of, again, the reality. It's an extending of right. the experience. Um, and what I realized very, very quickly was you can't, you, you can't control anything now. That's right. Yeah. You're, it's all around you. So... Right. Um, it's 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 much harder to create that sort of fictional focused uh, uh, reality or the fictional reality that you want to do when you, when everything is seen yeah. and you have two people trying to control yeah. that right, right. <laughs> yeah you know so uh, I quickly transitioned into realizing another power of uh, three sixty video is the documentary sort of behind the scenes kind of element so that's what I transitioned uh, to yeah. is here now you can watch us shoot. The videos for that are ending up in the episode and you can right. look around and actually see mongolia you can see yeah, the top yeah. of the sand dune so it's just an extend extended behind the scenes now 360 right. uh experience um because that's a challenge that's that's a medium that's new and like you said i think you have to learn these mediums yeah. because if you don't you run into problems yeah. right it's like i shot this wrong or this is doesn't work for snapchat it's yeah. supposed to be on facebook yeah. or whatever evolve or die yeah <laughs> well the, yeah that's like that is the thing with digital, isn't it? Yeah. But it grows so fast. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But it changes so fast too, right? Yeah. 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 Damn. This is awesome. What an awesome project. I yeah. had no idea the scope of this. Yeah, um, for sure. That's super exciting. Thank you very much. Yeah. It was a great challenge, um, but also it's been very rewarding Some, so far. Um, it's been integral in keeping Ty's presence alive in our show. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it has been quite an experience and all we can do is take it, learn from it and try to do more next year. Yeah. Super cool. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, thanks for being here. That was thanks great. for having me. Thanks thank awesome. you so Appreciate much. It. This was awesome. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, thank you uh, to both of those fine gentlemen for joining us on the show and uh, thank you for listening. Agreed. So, but, let's but we're not done yet. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the, this is the part that I like because this is, um, where we provide value to filmmakers by mm-hmm. letting them know what's coming up. And I didn't even know about this next, uh, the, this first thing on our list here. Uh, it's the Cinema, Cineplex Entertainment Film Program. Um, and I've, of course, heard about it before, but seeing it in the news here, thanks to Breyer finding it, uh, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And it, and it really is. It's the Canada Film Center um, puts on uh, several different program uh, labs, a writer's lab, directors, producers, editors, uh, labs. So, so these are opportunities for you to, you know, apply, get into the program, and go and and, and work with a bunch of other great filmmakers in Toronto. Um, and the CFC just has a great reputation for creating really good filmmakers who yeah. end up having great careers. John Joffe, Alberta filmmakers, going through the program right now, um, and several people have uh, have done so from our community, and and unfortunately stayed in Toronto. It seems, but uh, those god. <laughs> Just jerks. I understand. Somewhat understandably, yeah. I understand. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want a career. 
Oh, it's true. It's true. Money. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't fault people for that, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but it is a great looking program, and uh, great reviews uh, come out of it uh, every time I hear about it. So um, I won't go into it in too much depth, but you can find out more uh, at cfccreates.com or check out the link in our show notes. So the movie that we made that we talked about early in the show um, was made through the Telefilm Microbudget Program, and that is an annual grant of $127,000 given by the federal government to anywhere from 15 to 18 feature films from around Canada every year for first-time filmmakers. So this year, the deadline is coming up to apply. Um, and the way you do it is you apply through kind of a filter partner organization. So if you're in Calgary, you apply through the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers. Um, and if you're in Edmonton, uh, you apply through FABA, which is the Edmonton version of the CSAF and uh, the better one. <laughs> um, I just like FABA so much. Anyway, um, so both of the deadlines have been extended. Um, FABA has extended their deadline to January 20th, and the CSAF has extended it to January 31st, which is great news. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a little more time to put your your application together indeed if you haven't started yet and you're just hearing about this for the first time it's probably too late to get a feature film ready to go for the end of the month but check it out look at the program it's i would say it's probably the best um and and most promising way to get your first feature film made Mm. that exists Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm I can't think of a better way to go about doing yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, right now, it, I mean, it's for you. It's for you if you're trying to get your first feature film made. They're looking for you. So yeah. um, show what you got. It's a great program. So yeah. check it out, telefilm.ca um, or uh, in the show notes of this show. How can people access those show notes? Uh, oh, well, uh, you'll find them uh, in, in your app. Uh, if, you, if you use the uh, iTunes podcast app, um, the notes are right in there. Um, I think there's a trick to kind of tapping the album artwork to flip things over to to see all the links, but we always include them there. They're also on the SoundCloud um, in the notes under the uh, post there. So, um, or you can check them out on our website too. Of course, of course, yeah, at abfilmcast.ca. Submissions for the Rosies are now open, and you can uh, choose to uh, submit your project in 58 categories. Uh, The deadline to submit is January 13th, and you can check out ampia.org to uh, get your information to submit. The Calgary International Film Festival 2017 has opened its doors Already. for submissions. Feels like it just ended. That is damn early. <laughs> yeah, um, but I understand. Um, so their early early submissions uh, run until May 1st. So you got mm. some time uh, to submit for the early submission. The regular deadline is on June 1st, and the late deadline is June 14th. Um, and here's uh, something cool from their website: a question. Yeah. What if I'm? What if I've made a film and I'm a local? Right. Can Alberta-made films enter? Yeah. Um, without paying the submission fee, though, I feel like that's that's um, probably a good idea. It is. And it happens. <laughs> so nice. Calgary International Film Festival is pleased to waive fees for Albertan submissions. I'm a big fan of that festival. We, you should go back to our uh, our episode with um, Steve Schroeder. Steve Schroeder, yeah. Uh, and uh, great, great talk. And they're doing so much great stuff for the local community. Absolutely. While maintaining their status as an international film festival, it's it's a it's a it's, it's a, a it's a dance to, to of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Line, yeah but I think they're doing a great job of it and and putting on a clinic on how to kind of balance both things right so you you have to um you have to kind of prove to them that your your film that you're submitting is uh, eligible as an Albertan film so you need to uh, uh, be shot in Alberta location um you need to have a resident Albertan as a principal cast member or an Albertan writer or a producer that you got to get a few points uh, to be classified as Albertan. So um, send them an email at programming at calgaryfilm.com. Um, 
for a waiver code and uh, to go through that process. Awesome. Uh, if you're looking uh, or interested in submitting to or being a part of Luma, which is the quarterly uh, media arts publication that uh, happens digitally, um, you are going to want to check out lumaquarterly.com slash submissions because that's where you can uh, uh, submit your, your pitch for uh, adding some content to the uh, eighth issue of, the, of that uh, publication. Um, those are due by February 14th, and you'll be notified if you've been selected by February 28th. And at that point, you'll get into the process of actually creating your piece of work for the publication. It's not just necessarily an article. Some people have done videos. Yeah, video essays. And, yeah. Um, uh, and then your publication is due by April 11th to make the uh, the issue of the, of the publication. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool publication. You should check it out. Um, if you don't know about it, check it out at lumaquarterly.com yeah. uh, to find out more. So uh, this Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers has a sister organization called M Media, uh, and that's E M M E D I A M Media, and they are kind of the video arts um, version of of the CSIF. So so we have a little bit of different focuses, um, but they're they're an excellent organization and definitely something to check out. And they have um, something called the Particle and Wave. So it's it's a feature night uh, featuring performances and films by Raylene Campbell, Grayson Cook, Sholmi Greenspan, Matt Lindenberg, and Jedda. Jada Chewy? I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your first name. But, uh, oh, John Osborne as well, Untrained Animals, and Matthew Waddle. So um, a bunch of people come together um, and they perform uh, live audiovisual performances, screenings, and installations. Uh, It's a great night for networking. It's a great thing uh, to check out. And it's happening on Saturday, February 4th, uh, downtown Calgary at Festival Hall. Um, $15 in advance or $20 at the door. Definitely something cool to check out if you're into kind of video arts and, uh, and seeing kind of the newest technologies and how people are using them to create video art hanging out with those people yeah and it's always great to network as well certainly uh we were talking about story summit at the top of the show it's happening from the 23rd to the 25th of february and uh tickets to get in are uh range from 300 to 400 dollars and you can check out storysummit.ca for more information on that uh we talk about this workshop uh from time to time an upcoming workshop called upstart is coming to calgary this is put on by ampia the alberta producers association and uh upstart is a directing and acting workshop where there happens to be a, a video camera there, but really what it's about is the communication between an actor uh, and a director and how that relationship is and how to um, get the performances that you want as a director and how to take notes um, and and interact with the director as an actor. It's a great workshop. It's a great chance to exercise that muscle because we don't get to practice it very often if we want to be a director. Indeed. Because to, to practice, you kind of have to make a film and those are terribly expensive. Yeah, this is kind of the only yeah. way to do it in a kind of a safe, uh, cheap way. Right. Yeah. So this uh, this upstart session, uh, it happens um, twice a year. Uh, and this one in Calgary is happening every Monday night between February 13th and April 10th uh, from 6.30 to 10 p.m. Um, it's only 175 bucks if you're an, uh, an Ampia or Actra or WIFTA member, mm. which is great. That they're they're, they're um, partnering that way, yeah, yeah partnering that way, and then encouraging uh, female filmmakers, female directors uh, to come and uh, and check it out. Absolutely. So uh, if you want to uh, join this round of Upstart, you want to contact Karen Ryan at CalgaryUpstart at gmail.com by Wednesday, February first. Speaking of workshops, there's also the Shooting with the Scarlet workshop. This is the one that we always talk about being the the must have, the prerequisite before you can rent the Scarlet from the CSIF. So you've got to get uh, on board for Saturday, January 21st from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's 120 for members, 160 for non-members, and it's instructed by Aaron Bernakovich. Again, if you want to use that scarlet, that red scarlet, you need to have taken this course. So you can check out more at csaf.org. If you are an actor 
uh, and you hate auditioning, which I imagine most actors do. Yes. Um, there is a certain skill set that you need to audition very well, and uh, it's something that can be taught and it can be learned. And there is an opportunity coming up with Chantal Perron, who is mm-hmm. a fantastic actress in Calgary. She happens to be the star of our movie. She also, yeah. Just, <laughs> Well, because she nailed the audition. She did great. Yeah, so she nailed the audition, um, and she's putting on an auditioning for film class at Six Degrees, which in itself is an amazing studio, sound post studio. So in this two-week intensive, you will be taken through the technical world of the film audition room. Each participant will work on camera every class. We will focus on script interpretation, making smart choices, and how to prepare a strong audition. Um, very cool. It's happening um Tuesdays and Thursdays in February. Uh, the fee is $425 um, at Six Degrees, which is downtown. Um, you have to be 18 plus, and they only have eight spots. Oh. So um, check them out at facebook.com slash the camera loves you. Up in Edmonton, uh, the Fava Screenwriting Workshop is going to be kicking off on February 21st uh, for a series of evenings uh, for $425 plus GST and uh, on Tuesday nights. So you'll be able to take your screenplay. Uh, or your teleplay um, kind of from the idea to uh, finished draft, I suppose. Um, but you can find out more information straight from the source at fava.ca on that. Fava also has um, some really cool, just the way they structure their workshops is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of um, going to a cinematography workshop or um, or a, a gripping workshop, they, they do something called the Video Kitchen. Um, and this is an introductory workshop. If you've never made a film before, you can you can participate in this. Uh, and it happens every week on Thursdays between March and May. And what you do is you go with a group and you make a film. So you come out of this with a finished film. Um, and they also have a an advanced version of the, of the, the uh, workshop called the Fava Main Course. So if you've taken Video Kitchen before, um, you can go through the main course. Uh, you'll build upon the basic knowledge that you got in Video Kitchen uh, to become a better filmmaker. So check it out at fava.ca. Sign up for those programs. They're fantastic. Uh, definitely recommend you go do those. Absolutely. So we talked Fargo is uh, up and running and, and shooting. Winona Earp is also shooting here in Calgary. Uh, but in Edmonton, they're, I believe, only a few days away from getting into principal photography on Knuckleball, um, which is another project that uh, feature film that we're excited yeah, to see happening. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's get into the recommendations, the final part of the I, show. I see in the notes here, multicam sequences. Multicam that sequences. Mean? That's my recommendation. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit, it, it's a, I, I feel like it's advanced, but it's terribly basic editing recommendation that I have. So it, um, Matt and I do a lot of commercial filmmaking uh which means that we're shooting a lot of interviews and we're shooting them with two cameras right uh so when you're in a timeline and you're editing and you have two cameras it can get messy to um move one camera around and and if especially if it's an interview they can get out of sync and the audio can can stray and mm-hmm. um and it can suck so um it took me many years to to discover this and i feel like an idiot but it's got the premiere has a feature called multicam sequences so you select all the clips that you want to include in this multicam sequence you right click and you say create multicam sequence and it just creates a single sequence that you can play around with on your timeline that's always in sync and then you just click on it and you select on your keyboard one or two and it just goes to that camera um, so it's a great way to, to cut. I know I know Final Cut has a yeah Final a Cut has thing. a version and I really like it and and tell me if it's similar because the way what I like about Final Cut's version of it is you can it kind of do it live so you can play both cameras and then you can pick the cut moment like right there and it continues As if playing you're live, and yeah it, and it makes yeah so it's a little, like live oh, switching cool. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so it's not always perfect, obviously, but but it gives you an idea of like, oh, I can do this kind of by feel and, and right. whatever makes sense at the moment. Um, yeah, I really like multi-camera yeah. editing, yeah. So uh, I just discovered it, and it's saving me a ton of time. Nice. <laughs> 
Anyway, awesome. yeah. So that's fine. Uh, my recommendation is Telespark's upcoming <laughs> installation, uh, Starfleet Academy, the Starfleet Academy experience. This is only the third time it's happened in the world, uh, and the first time in Western Canada. Um, we were lucky enough to do some shooting with uh, the wonderful Garrett Wong uh, from Star Trek Voyager. Had a blast with him and uh, at Telespark the other day. Looking forward to sharing those videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am genuinely looking forward to this I'm, experience. I'm going to this for like, sure. So my understanding is you walk through it and you go to each different section of like being an officer in a, on the Enterprise or whatever ship. So there's medical and tactical and uh, command and uh, operations and things like that. So, uh, and like you learn science? I, oh yeah, science is a section. I, I, right. I oh, science is a whole section? <laughs> yeah, yeah, science officer. Oh wow. Uh, and then you take what you've learned, it appears, and you apply it an, into a bridge setting. So they're gonna build a bridge uh, in the uh, in, in the Telespark and you can, I, I guess, be an officer on a, on a ship. And maybe even play out some sort of scenario. Which scenario? I the like Kobayashi Maru? <laughs> maybe. Oh, no. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, kind of once in a lifetime so far opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it, it was in Ottawa and then New York before that. And this is only the third stop ever. So Super dope. Very yeah, check cool. it out. Yeah. Telespark um, Starfleet Academy Experience. Yes. Very cool. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. But February 3rd is the big launch event, um, and there's some VIP tickets available, I believe. So if you're a big Trek fan, that's worth your money. Absolutely. Um, but otherwise, you can I'm sure you can hit it up for a couple of weeks, if not yeah. a month or two. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll be there, uh, and hopefully I'll see you there. Um, and, and we're getting into uh, the next week of uh, Fantasy Movie League. This is taking oh. over the podcast. I'm yeah. sorry, but I'm just super <laughs> pumped about it. So don't forget to make your picks before the deadline. I think it's Friday at 9 a.m. 10 a.m., I think. 10 a.m., yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I accidentally stumbled upon before I won last week. Uh, so that's <laughs> it. That's all. Thanks for uh, for listening. And thanks as always to Briar. Yes, thanks to Briar yeah. for organizing all of this every week. It doesn't happen without her. So and thank you for joining us if you're a new listener. Yeah. So if you're an Alberta filmmaker, uh, we made this podcast for you. Um, and we also made it about you. So if there's something going on in your world and um, you're making a film or you're trying to share a film that you've made or you've got a workshop coming up or you want to get into the industry more, um, we can help with that. We can share it on the podcast or we can kind of let you know how to get started. So, yeah. yeah. So how can they reach out to us, man? Well, you can reach us at hello at abfilmcast.ca. Uh, feel free to reach out on Twitter, uh, Facebook, SoundCloud. It's all abfilmcast. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. And, uh, you know, give it that top rating. and uh, Five stars? Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of stars, Matt. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I'm stealing this from another podcast I love to listen to, but they're going to ask you for a review. You, nobody reads those. You, you can just put in whatever you want. So so if you're going to do a five-star review, just write in that you want me to win the Fantasy Movie League this week. Well, yeah, but what you want and what you're going to get is <laughs> different things. All right, All right, folks. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, go, go make, make something. something.